my little buddy. He is alive and we are free. He is alive and we have found our peace. I sure hope that we've found our peace today. If we haven't, there's a problem. We're going to look today, I believe, at Luke chapter 15. As, as I thought about what to preach for Father's Day, at first, a lot of times when I preach on Father's Day, I think about Joseph. I usually, a lot of times I'll preach on, on Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, kind of his adopted father, so to speak. But... I thought today it would be good to go to go a, a huge step higher. I want to preach on his heavenly father and our heavenly father. Not just, thank God, not just his father, but ours too. Here's a story that you folks are all going to recognize as we start to talk about probably. But I want us to glean today what our Heavenly Father thinks and cares about us and how He treats us and how He loves us so much that He was willing to give His, his one and only Son, His real Son, to die on a cross so that we could have eternal life, that He cared that much for us, that He was willing to give His most, very most prized possession for us. And all we have to do is just receive that gift. We're going to look at Luke chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 11. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between the two of them. Now, I think that's kind of odd. <clears throat> I get the the son's point. You know, the, the son, he was... I. I wasn't there. Jesus told the story, but I, I kind of think of this kid as kind of a snot-nosed kid. You know, in other words, he, he's going to be a... He, I'm going to get what I want, when I want it, and how I want it. So he's like, Father, I'm grown up now. I'm 18 or whatever, and I'm ready to go out on my own. I want my share of the inheritance now. What good is it Wait until you die, and I'm an old man? I want it right now, here and now. And what's odd is the father gives it to him. You know what's really cool about that? I just thought about this right now as we we're speaking. You know, the, the father knows what's best for us. You know, even if it goes against the norm, even if it goes against earthly common sense, I mean, like us as parents, some of us unfortunately even fall into the grandparent category. I, I say that unfortunate just because that means we're older than we used to be. My grandson's my best friend there. Anyway. Um, but even if it goes against common sense, I mean, us, we would say, man, I am not giving you no inheritance now. You're either going to wait till I die or you ain't getting it at all. I can make that happen too. But the father 
God the Father, He knows what's best for us. He'll even go against the norm. He'll even break the rules, our rules, not His rules, because His ways are not our ways, and our, our ways are stupid for the most part. Sometimes we get lucky and we glean a little bit of wisdom from Him, and we try to instill that. But, I mean, compared to Him, we're nothing. So the Father gives it to him. says, okay, here's your half. I love you, son. Take care. I wish you the best. Verse 13. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, Everything, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. So there's a famine here. He, he, he's, he, it didn't take him long. We don't know how long, but he gathered up everything he had, and he says, you know what? I'm hitting the streets now. I'm, I'm ready to go. So he takes off. Waste all his, his father's money. Waste... All, well, his portion of it. And then, and then on top of that, on top of wasting his money, now there's a severe famine in the country where he's staying. And he's in deep trouble now. He began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out as to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. Now, I could go into the whole Jewish thing about pigs were unclean. Jewish people were not to have anything to do. They're not to eat them, not to have anything to do with them. But this is the job this kid got. He was, he was desperate. He was, he was starving. He needed a job. He, this guy from the country that he went to said, Hey, I got a job for you. You can feed my pigs. He says, Okay. This guy is in such desperate need, this kid, verse 16, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. This kid is so desperate, the, the pods, the garbage that he is feeding the pigs is looking good to him as it's sitting there in the stinking mud and nasty. And he's like, man, I'm starving. And they're eating. And I'm just starving. I like this next verse. When he came to his senses, when he came to his senses, how many times do we have to come to our senses? And I'm talking about us here in the church now. I'm not talking about some reprobate out in the world. But, but they're in the same boat. They're living in the world. They're partying. They're doing their thing. And then they're like, you know what? In, in some cases, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why people come to the Lord. A lot of times people got to get to their lowest point before they get to a good point. Sometimes they got to go through financial difficulties. Sometimes they got to go through, um, they're, they're almost dead through drugs or alcohol. And they realize that, you know what, I'm on the wrong track. Sometimes they're old. They're very old. They're on the edge of, of death. Maybe they're in the hospital and they start to think, you know what? This story that I'm living right now is going to wrap up real soon. 
am I really am I really thinking this through and doing the smart thing? Or do I need to do something different? Because these guys, these people that call themselves Christians have been telling me for years, maybe it's my own family members. They keep saying, what if we're right? What if there is a heaven and a hell? I like the thought of uh, a friend of mine used to say when he was preaching, Paul Talley, he used to say, supposing, just supposing I'm wrong, that there is no God and all that, and I live my whole life believing that I'm serving the Lord and, and I'm not on drugs or drinking and, and I live a good life and I raise my family right and my kids and stuff, and I die. He says, what I really lose? But if I'm right and you're living like the devil... And all of a sudden, your life's over, and you have no more options. Once you die, option there is no option A, B, or C. At that point, it's this is where you've decided to sow your path. This is what you're going to reap. Eternity in the lake of fire. This boy, I, I can kind of think of myself. There was a time where I grew, I grew up loving the Lord. I grew up trying to tell people about the Lord and stuff and trying to do what's right. And then I got rebellious. Um, my family split up. My mom and dad separated. And I just, I got resentful. I had, my best friend was certainly not a great example to me in any way, shape, or form. And, and unfortunately, neither was a couple of my friends from church. And I just, uh, f- for a while there, I just got off the path. I started, uh, started chewing tobacco, then I started smoking cigarettes. Then I went out with my Christian friends, and we all got drunk one night. And I got sick as a dog, and I'm like, this is stupid. So it didn't, it didn't take me more than a month to decide that drinking's just retarded. For, for, for me, for my opinion, I'm like, why would I do this? Why would I want to get sick and act like an idiot for no reason? But the other stuff, smoking hung on for quite a while and chewing tobacco. And the thing is, because I knew the Lord, every night I would go home and I'd pray every night God, forgive me for all this stuff that I've done during the day. I used to cuss terrible. I used to say all kinds of bad stuff. I was a wise guy. I, was a, I just wanted attention. I was the class clown. You know, I thought I was trying to be cool and, you know, oh, you got to be all tough and cool and all that. Now, really, I was just an idiot. And every night I'd come home and say, God, forgive me for all this stuff when I was in bed. Now I'd wake up the next day and do the exact same thing all over again. I did it for a couple years. And God was convicting my heart during this time. And I finally came to a point where I said, you know what? This is just wrong. It doesn't please the Lord. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord. I don't want to be in this, this tweener land of, 
I wonder if I did enough to make it into heaven or not. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be there and have to worry at the day of judgment. Man, what? How? which way is this dice going to fall? Is it going to fall in my direction or the other? I want to know beyond the shadow of a doubt. And thank God we can. We can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we are going to spend eternity with the one only King of kings and Lord of lords if we follow his will. And it's all in here. All that we need to know is right in here. So this kid, according to the story, he was a child. So he was, he was actually a Christian, really. But you could take it either way, a Christian or non-Christian. When this guy in verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. So he, he got this idea in his head. He's like, man, my father's servants are eating decent. They're living in, a, in an okay environment. They, they got it okay, and here I am starving to death. This is just stupid. Why am I doing this to myself? He goes, I got an idea. And what I like about this kid, which is the same way we need to be, or non-Christians need to be, this kid was humbled. He didn't come back all cocky and, you know, or, or he didn't even come back and just beg his dad, hey, dad, you know, hey, I screwed up. Let me, um, let me just come back and be your son again. He says, I'm not worthy to be your son. He gets this idea in his head. I'm going to go back and beg him just to be one of his servants. And, I'll, and that'll be a thousand times better than what I got right now. So that's the way to go. So that's his plan. So he starts heading back to his father. He starts heading back to their country. But while he was still a long ways off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That's the way God is with us. When we're all screwed up, when we're all doing the wrong things, he loves us. The Bible says that God desires that none should perish, but that all should have eternal life. Everybody. We know that that's not going to be the case because we, as human beings, have a free choice to do either the right thing or the wrong thing. But his desire is that every single person would be saved. But he gives us the free choice to do what we choose. And he'll open up doors where there is no doors. He'll give opportunity where there is no opportunity. See, this kid... If his father, when, when he asked for the money and said, hey, I want, have, I want my half of the inheritance, if his dad said no, he might have just gotten bitter and mad and just maybe never came to his senses. Maybe, you know, he might have lived in his father's house forever and been just mad at him and rebellious and ornery. But the father says, here, son, I love you. Here's your half of the inheritance. No questions asked. And the son comes up with this brilliant idea. I'm going to go out, man. I am going to party. I am going to do what everybody else 
in my opinion, has the privilege of doing. I'm going to do it. I am going to live like the devil, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it, is what he's thinking. He gets out there and wastes all his money, and then he gets to realize, man, that wasn't really that smart. I thought I had it all together. I really screwed up. I'm in trouble now. I'm going to starve to death. I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my father, and I'll just ask to be one of his servants. I'm not even going to ask to have any position or nothing. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, just like God the Father is. And the father ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father stopped him. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. That is such an awesome, awesome story. That's We as fathers need to learn from our Heavenly Father. Everything that's written in the Bible is to teach us something. It's a road map of how we should live, what we should do, how we should do it. We need to have the love and compassion that the Father had. There's a chance that one of our kids, even you young guys, you're going to get married someday possibly and have a family, and you may love your kids to death. I mean, you may really love them and you pray for them every day, and they may hook up with the wrong people or get some bad idea in their head like this son did. We need to show our kids that we love them, that we care for them, We need to set an example by loving our wives because they are eventually possibly going to get married someday and we need to show them how to live their lives. But even if they rebel and make bad choices, we need to just let them know how much we care about them, really care about them, not just yelling at them and beating them to death and beating them down and calling them stupid and everything else, but, you know... Showing them that, hey, I care about you, and that's why we set up these rules, just like God cares about us, and he set up these rules. Because we want success. We want our kids to have success. We want people out in this community, out in Colony and Albany and Schenectady and Clifton Park and everywhere, we want them to be successful. We need to show them the love that they need. Whether we think they deserve it or not, God thinks they deserve it. The Father had compassion on them. Even while while he saw this kid off in the distance, he was excited, so excited to see his son come home that he ran to him. And he told his servants, hey, kill the fatted calf. We got to celebrate because this son that was dead to, to us, we thought was gone forever, he's back. And that's good news. That's awesome news. You notice he didn't say anything about, hey, you wasted all your money. Hey, your clothes look raggy. Hey, any of that. He just said, hey, my son's home and I'm excited. In fact, 
give him a give him a robe to put on and give him a ring to put on and let's let's party let's celebrate because this son is home meanwhile in verse 25 there's always the meanwhile it's it's like in batman and spider-man stuff meanwhile back behind the scenes this is what happened meanwhile the older son was in the field this guy He's been working for his dad ever since he was a kid. And he just keeps on working. You know, he's doing his thing. He's doing what he was taught to do. And he's doing it well. He's doing it right. He's doing everything that we would look at and say, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. So the son, the older son, was in the field. When he came near the house, he, so he's all done working probably. He comes near the house, he hears music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on here? What's happening? Verse 27, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. This dude is really unhappy. Because he's been here steady, working his tail off, respecting his dad. And, and the son didn't respect anything. Didn't respect his dad. Yelled at him, told him he wanted his money. And then he went ahead and he didn't respect that he had money. How do I treat it? How do I make it last? How do I invest it? He's just like, man, I'm going to party. I'm going to do everything because I got money to do it with. And the money runs dry. And the friends run dry when the money runs dry sometimes. And he's all alone, wanting to eat pig slop because he got nothing else. <clears throat> this older brother, verse 28 again, was angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. God the Father does this to us too. He tries to knock on our heart's door and he tries to tell us, hey, you need to show love to these people. You need to be a witness and testimony to these people. You need to be excited that this person has come to the Lord and not look at all these bad things that they've done or how they... You can't expect everybody to come back and be A1 as, as good of a Christian as you when you've been trying at this for... 40 years to be a good Christian and they just turned a Christian a few weeks ago or a month ago or two months ago we can't expect we want so bad for people to get saved and, and immediately the switch clicks and they're on fire for God and they come to church every week and they say all the good stuff and they're inviting people to church and they're excited and and they're saying all the right stuff. They automatically know all the Christian words that we use that nobody knows what they mean but us. And, you know, they're doing all the good stuff. But it's, in many cases, that's not reality. We are a work in progress. They're going to be a work in progress. We can't expect anybody to get closer to the Lord than what it took us, however many years it took us to get there, you know. And on top of that, it's not a judgment between, okay, everybody who measures up to me equally, they're doing good. Everybody who's less than me, yeah, they're doing poorly. Because we're looking through, we're looking through the glass all 
all messed up. We're looking through like a, a bunch of broken glasses and we're trying to see an image like in a mirror on a broken mirror and we're trying to figure out what that image is. But God knows the real image. He knows the hearts. We're to obey Him. We're to show mercy and, and love on people and to try to draw people into the kingdom and tell them the word of God. Tell them the truth. Don't compromise the word, but... Tell them the word in love, hoping that they'll change. <clears throat> but let God be the judge instead of us. So the older brother, again, he became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeying your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, has come home, you kill the fatted calf for him? It's like, what's the deal? What's up with that, Dad? So if I become a reprobate, you'll kill the fatted calf for me, but as long as I'm doing good, it really doesn't matter? That's, that's kind of this dude's attitude. That's the way he's coming off. It's the wrong attitude, but that's where he is right now. And God the Father, <clears throat> the Father says to him, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost. And is found. God has that kind of love for us, had that kind of love for us, still has that kind of love for us. When we were messed up before we turned to Christ, maybe we maybe we believed in the Lord, but we still made bad decisions and did wrong things. He cared for us. He loved us. He was willing to do everything he could for us. Think about Adam and Eve. They walked with him in the garden in the cool of the day. They spent quality time with him. And uh, every day walking with God the Father in the cool of the garden until they disobeyed him. And even then, in I believe it's Genesis 3.15, God began to just give him a little piece of how he was going to try to restore that fellowship. How he was going to bring Jesus Christ to be their Savior. How he wanted to restore that fellowship, that love. God so loved the world, which included us, that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We need to do our best to try to win the lost and not try to analyze why they're a certain way and we're not. And We need to just have faith and trust in the Lord and be obedient to Him no matter what. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, 
please help us to be obedient to you, Lord. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to invite as many people as possible into your kingdom, Lord. And that looks a bunch of different ways. That could be trying to help somebody at home, at at work, at, at school. Trying to be a witness and testimony. Could be as easy as just trying to invite them to church. And let the preachers do the work. Lord, give us all wisdom as to how we can make a difference. How we can draw people into your presence, Lord. Lord, we desire, I believe all of us here, I would hope, desires that no one should perish but have everlasting life. Lord, if we have unforgiveness in our hearts for some reason, that you would help us to uh, to get over it. so judge your own heart for a minute say Lord is there anything that I'm missing is there anything I could do that would be a help to draw people into your kingdom Lord do I have bitterness towards somebody your word makes it clear in several places that we're to forgive as we have been forgiven have we forgiven other people of the sins that they have committed are we willing to lay down our pride, lay down ourselves, and say, God, I forgive them. And I pray that you would forgive them too, Lord. And Lord, show me how to be a witness and testimony, how to encourage them to do the right thing, how to encourage them to be drawn closer to you instead of just saying, well, they deserve what they get. Help us, Lord. Help us to be, all of us, all of us here in this room, no matter what our age is, help us to be the men and women of God, the boys and girls of God that you want us to be, Lord. We love you and praise you and thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, let's sing again. God is so good. So good, God is so good, He's so good to me. God, you're so good. 
I pray that you'd be with us as we leave here today, that we would have our heart, our focus on you and pleasing you no matter what we do, whoever we come in contact with. Lord, help us to have that heart that you, the Father, had in that story, Lord, that we would be excited that when somebody, even if, even if they've wronged us terribly and drug us through the mud, if they come to us, with a repentant heart, that we would run to them just like you ran to that son, even before we know what their heart is, that we would be willing to run to them and say, hey, we love you, and God loves you. Help us to make a difference in people's lives for your kingdom, Lord. Lord, we want to do what's right. We know there there are times where your word has specific disciplines and specific things like in Matthew chapter 18 and that. But Lord, overall, we we like to emphasize that more than anything. We like to emphasize, yeah, I'm not going to have anything to do with that person. But Lord, even that instruction is really the heart of it is so that they will feel ashamed and come back into your fold. Lord, help us to have your wisdom, your integrity, your love, your kindness. Lord, I pray that you bless each one here today as we leave. Lord, give them a great week. Bless the fathers today. Bless everyone today, Lord. Thank you for a beautiful day. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, Amen. Have a great week. God bless you.